Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And for the past seven days, we've been talking about contemplating, recognizing, acknowledging, and being conscious about the character of God in attempt to understand why there are protocols of being in His presence. The Word of God has been constantly reminding us to be aware of the greatness of our Lord so that we might know how to approach such greatness. You know, if you read Psalms written by David, you realize that nothing that has God's name on it was lost to him. He contemplated on the expressions of God's power in great detail. He listened He watched the vast expanse of the natural universe as it brought forth the declaration of the greatness and power of God. And in them, he witnessed the outstanding majesty of the Lord God. And so David's psalms are not just poetic expeditions. His praises to the Lord were not just rituals he contemplated, he reflected on every bit of it. He was conscious to what he was talking about. He was conscious to what he was writing. He is called a man after God's heart because he didn't stop where everybody else stopped in their knowledge of God. He sought after a relationship with the Lord He sought to understand the heart of God. And a man like this would know who God really is. A man like this would know how to approach the presence of God because he has known God on a personal level. And so today, as we continue with our talk on the protocols of being in the presence of God, I want us to look at something that David talks about in such great details. The voice of the Lord. You know, what should it mean to us? What should it inspire in us? What does this have to do with the protocols we are talking about? And so as we continue with Psalms 29, The same text that we have been reading from verse 3 to 9. It says, The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains keep like calves. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quick. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. 
in his temple. Everyone shouts glory. Wow. These Psalms we are reading contains seven descriptions of how the strength and the authority of God is expressed through his voice. The first description expresses God's authoritative dominion over the waters. David here tells us that the Lord reigns sovereign over all the waters below and above. That the voice of the Lord is in the clapping of thunder. That his voice, his word controls the movement of the waters and the clapping of thunder. And so strong is the voice of the Lord, so strong are his words, that they hold sway over the seas and the thunder. And I know if you have ever heard a thunderbolt, you know that it is its sound drowns out all other voices, that it surpasses all other sounds. And like the sound of thunder, the voice of the Lord is all inspiring. It is independent of the influences of men. It is infinitely beyond any limits below the sun and above the heavens. This is what David is calling upon us to reflect on. The greatness, the majesty of a voice with this kind of power and influence. You know, the Israelites were not a seafaring people. There's no record of there being ships and boats during the time of David. And so oceans and what David calls the mighty sea were an awe-inspiring phenomena. Sea must have been seen as dangerous and foreboding. Yet David realized that the voice of the Lord was even more powerful. That it reigned over these mighty waters. That his glory surpassed the thunder. David knew that the Lord was the master of these great symbols of power. And from verse 4, we see David describing further the voice of the Lord over creation. He says that his voice splits and shatters the mighty cedars of Lebanon. You know, the cedars of Lebanon were well known for their great size and strength. Their wood was used to construct palaces and temples. The abundance of cedar was seen as a sign of prosperity and power. But David says that the voice of the Lord is so strong that it breaks these mighty trees, that it splinters them and sends the Mount Hermon and the mountains of Lebanon into flight. I don't know if you ever witnessed a gold bolt of lightning strike a tree. The damage is instant. Lightning turns the liquid inside the tree into gas and its back explodes and in some instances, the tree just shatters. The omnipotence of God is here expressed in the thunderbolt and in the quivering movement of lightning. This is the kind of power that the voice of the Lord holds. This is the kind of imagery that David wants us to contemplate on when we think about the power of God. Yes, David says that the voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness of Kadesh shake. 
His voice is like a storm on the sides of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I read this and I thought about those wheel wheels. Yeah. <laughs> There's a funny name we used to call those wheels. Uh, the wheel wheels. They, they move around and just carry everything around. It's a funny name in my in my language. I'm not gonna mention it. But if you know my language, I know you you have a have an idea what I'm talking about. His voice is like a storm on the sands of the desert. It sweeps through the desert to the farthest end. The ground, the trees, and the beasts of Kadesh all feel the power of the Lord's voice. This is the kind of power ascribed to the voice of the Lord. This is a voice powerful enough to knock down everything that stands in its way. A voice that reaches the most desolate of places where it would seem there is no presence of God and turn it inside out. And what can we say in the presence of such great power? What can we do in the face of such a display of power? What can we do but fall down in adoration? What can we do but approach his presence in humility and admiration? You see, when we say we are going before the Lord, this is the kind of power we are thinking about, of, of approaching. When we say we are calling upon the Lord, this is the kind of power we are calling out to. This is why we are talking about protocol. Because we need to come before the Lord with proper understanding of his greatness. We can only develop that deeper, more intimate relationship with God when we understand him. When we understand that it is an honor to come before the throne of God. That it is a privilege to be allowed access to a God who wields such power. How can we not approach his throne with reverence and in awe? It's only when we understand the majesty and the sovereignty of our God that we draw near the throne of mercy with confidence. We can only pray uninhibited and with absolute trust when we understand the extent of the power of our God. I pray that we may contemplate on these things before we go into the Lord's presence. I pray that we may learn to approach his glory, this power, this penitence with humility and with total surrender. That we may approach the throne of mercy with confidence, knowing that we are going before the almighty God and his voice is enough for us. Shalom, this is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insight and this is protocol of his presence day eight amen